It's time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is the Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Uh, she joins us this morning. Hi, Lori. Hi, Simi. How are you? I am good. Thank you. How are the markets? Markets are a little mixed. I mean, we're welcoming uh, the news that uh, the uh, the ship was freed from the Suez Canal, so at least the economy around the world is kind of moving forward again. But Biden will be speaking today, and uh, really all eyes are on that. He's going to be talking about his infrastructure build, uh, or sorry, build, uh, building back, uh, uh, build back better is what he's coined it. Uh, and of course, coming out of a recession, they often do this, right? They're, putting, they're investing money into infrastructure spending such as roads, railways, uh, domestic manufacturing as well, right? And uh, it sounds all good, but the question is, is how are they going to pay for it, right? And are they going to be raising taxes and, and by how much? So sometimes it can add uh, a little bit of uncertainty to the market as well. I'm so curious about something you just said there, that the ship stuck in the Suez Canal had affected the markets? Uh, well, it could have, yeah, um, just because uh, there's billions of dollars worth of goods that uh, are moved through there daily. And uh, it basically came to a halt, as we all know, seeing those pictures. And, uh, you know, even the price of oil was start- starting to go up as well based on that news. So, yeah, so that they freedom is good news. Um, had that lasted, you know, weeks and weeks, uh, that wouldn't have been good. So, I mean, it's responsible for 12% of the global seaborne trade. So uh, it did matter. It did matter for markets, you know, where you look at, you know, the news out there today regarding, say, COVID, for example, and markets really aren't moving based on the increasing numbers of COVID out there right now. Of course, we're all affected by it, and of course, the increased lockdowns here in BC. Uh, but when you look at that news and the markets, uh, markets have looked past COVID at this point. Uh, just again, hoping those vaccines get rolled out as quickly as possible right now. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about some of the economic indicators. Uh, what are some of the latest stats telling us? Yeah, you know, in Canada, we got uh, January's GDP growth, um, you know, and what we're looking at is it rose 0.7% from December. Uh, Our economy has steadily improved since May of last year. The strength was mainly from the manufacturing sector, which expanded 2%, uh, but also mining and construction also seeing strength. And, you know, again, uh, the sooner these vaccines get rolled out, the sooner the economy can get back on its feet. Of course, it looks like, uh, you know, far off into the future at this point, just given the news we got this week. Uh, but things can change, as we've seen, right? And at this point, again, markets are looking past COVID and when the economy is reopening. But like we said, it's going to be a bumpy road until we get there. Uh, let's talk about uh, Canadian GDP expected for this year, some high debt levels. Is that, do you think, going to hinder the market? Yeah, you know, the Canadian economy is um, is starting to find its feet, as I was saying. Um, GDP is expected to expand close to 6% in 2021 and 4% next year. Uh, remember, last year we saw the economy lose just over 5% of GDP, so it was a big move. And you're right, uh, in terms of debt levels in Canadians, I mean, debt is going up. Uh, Canada's debt to GDP is now over 100%. A lot of that has to do with mortgages and, and housing and things like that. Obviously, home prices have gone up as well. And so, you know, when you look at how Canadians are doing, um, you know, it's uh, people are holding a lot more debt than they used to. Uh, Canadian mortgage debt 
surged by 118 billion in 2020, so that's almost double of what 2019 was. Uh, but most Canadians are actually better off as lower rates have led to lower mortgage payments than before. Uh, and again, I say that with a grain of salt because I do still worry about the amount of debt that Canadians have overall if interest rates go up. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Uh, and when they do increase, again, you just want to make sure that you have bought uh, as much home as you can afford uh, and not more than that. Hmm. Is that, Do you think that might be too late for a lot of people who have been buying like crazy with these low interest rates? Uh, it could be, right? You know, I think banks, though, have tightened up quite a bit too, though, right? So so I think when banks have tightened up, you know, they're not just throwing money at people. You have to qualify, and you have to qualify as if rates were higher. So I think that uh, the banks have stepped in and, you know, tried to protect ourselves, you know, protect us from ourselves when uh, purchasing real estate. And uh, they've asked for, you know, more down than they did before. So there's a lot of kind of rules and rules in place that we've seen uh, that are probably helping people to stay on track in that uh, in that realm anyway. Okay, um, let's talk as well. Last day of March here. March has been Fraud Prevention Month. We did a lot of discussion about this, but I'd love to get your take on this too. Because, Laura, you must get asked this all the time from people who phone you and they hear about something that just sounds too good to be true. Yeah, I've had a lot of those calls. And, and in fact, even from clients, right? I mean, I've talked about this before on uh, an episode we did on Alzheimer's, but I had a client that kept calling and he was asking for a few thousand dollars this week and a few thousand dollars that week. And we were wondering, you know, what is actually going on here? This is out of his character. So we really looked into it. Uh, and uh, he was involved in some sort of scam, I guess, from the U.S. that was telling him that he was in, you know, investing in senior care homes and orphanages down south. And that was wasn't the case at all, and uh, they were getting quite aggressive with him. So again, that was a, a first-hand experience with fraud, um, and you know, noticing the the warning signs. And so, yes, uh, for sure, you know, when clients or callers call in and say, you know, I've been told that this is a good investment. What do you think about it? Well, some of these warning signs that I would say, you know, returns are consistently great. If you think about that Ponzi scheme that we were talking about last week, um, you know, they were offering and promising 10 to 20% a month. You know, as I said last week, you know, if it seems too good to be true, it likely is. Not all scams are offering that high of a return that would give you a very big red flag. Uh, Some of them are just very consistent. They never have low years. They never have high years. Um, and, of course, as I said, guaranteed high, re- high returns is also a warning sign. Uh, High-pressure sales, right, saying so you have to invest now or you're going to lose out, that sort of thing. The investment strategy is murky. Like, it's too complicated for them to explain it to you in a language you understand. If that's the case, then I would look at walking away as well. Uh, the investment is not regulated, right, or lacks transparency. You actually don't know what they're holding, and that can be very difficult. Uh, and so, you know, also if you're writing a check to the actual salesperson um, instead of a, a well-known company or one that you know, right, so you want to be able to be asking those tough questions and making sure uh, that you notice right. the warning signs. And, of course, if you are a victim of fraud, you want to tell somebody, right? You don't want to keep it a secret, and this is a problem with many victims. You want to, you know, go to the BC Securities Commission. You want to go to the RCMP. You want to tell your financial advisor. So just make sure, because because of the pandemic, uh, there are a lot more scams out there than we've seen before, and uh, just there's a lot of more people that are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, just always keep, uh, you know, keep those warning signs in your head, and uh, if you ever feel feel uncomfortable, you have that gut feeling, 
I just don't move forward with that investment. I make sure you tell somebody. Uh, honestly, when you were listing some of this stuff, Lori, I was shaking my head because I thought, are you telling me this actually happens? That people, salespeople will tell you to write the check in their name? And well, that's... If, you, if you take a look at like there's a, a good book that uh, I used to recommend way back in the day uh, called How to Smell a Rat, Five Signs of Financial Fraud, and it's based on Bernie Madoff and, w- and what he did back then. Uh, and that is really one of those things. And so, so you know, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen, right? So, so you just want to make sure uh, that, again, you've got your guard up at all times and you should be dealing with, you know, a registered financial advisor uh, that is licensed to invest for you. I think that is the first place you start. And if you're going to do some of these private investments, uh, then you need to just be careful and ask all the right questions. And and again, maybe it's a good idea uh, that you diversify some of your investments if you're not uh, investing just in publicly traded companies and you are going to private uh, private companies, private investments, uh, private lending. We've seen out there too. And uh, we've seen clients come to us where it really hasn't worked out. So you really need to be careful. Good advice as always. Lori, thank you. Thanks so much, Timmy. Have a great day. You too. That's Lori Pinkowski. She is the Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Now you can contact her team directly at 604-695-LORI or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.